Hey, it's Jamie Sumner, left guard from 1994-95, and this is the Bunch of Nuts podcast with my boys Dan and Cass. Go Bucks! Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Bunch of Nuts podcast. This is Dan here, Big Cass. Not, not a crazy long episode today. Not 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 a ton going on right now. It's kind of you know kind of in the middle of the off season for football, um, basketball though. Uh, it, it, it could be better. Could be worse. Uh, Ohio yeah. State obviously uh, shockingly thumped Iowa, and kind of kind of I was kind of mad honestly Saturday because I had Iowa. I, I took a safe man's bet and said, oh, I'll take Iowa eight and a half alternate line, put a lot of money on it, didn't hit. Uh, I was shocked. So Holtman and them, you know, they heard they heard that he was on the hot seat. They came out swinging, um, obviously beat Iowa. Then obviously just laid an egg last night against Illinois. Uh, we're absolutely dominated on the glass. Same old with the basketball, I guess, Cash, right? Yeah. I mean, I looked at my Facebook memories and we beat, I, beat, I forget who we beat couple of years ago and it said Ohio State has lost. I put Ohio State has snapped their five game losing streak. So it's like, oh the trend continues with Ohio State basketball. And we were talking off air, I was like, I feel like Ohio State's gonna win this Saturday. Um just because. Just because. I mean I have a particular reason why I think Ohio State's gonna win this Saturday, but I just think they need that road game and I think I think they need to find some sort of confidence. They're still they're not a bad team. They're just they're not great. Real, they're not great. <laughs> they're not bad, they're, but they're not great. <laughs> they're young. They're hard to they're average. They're average. <laughs> they're what? average. Yeah, it's. I mean, I, I don't think Indiana's really setting the world on fire. They're all. It's all Trace Jackson Davis for them. And all, outside of that, Trace Jackson Davis, their second leading scorer, Jalen Hoods, Shifiano, averaging twelve a game. Uh, their next guy, Xavier Johnson, only averages nine point nine a game. So the bulk of their score and bulk of their you know team is Trace Jackson Davis, who you said a couple days ago you felt like he's been there since you know since the Cold War. Since the Cold War, yeah, it's crazy. Um, so I think obviously if they can get him in foul trouble or kind of take him out of the game, I don't think Indiana has the guard play to really win that. Um, not that. Not I'm not saying Ohio State's guards are dominant by any means, but just I don't think they have – outside of Trace it, Jackson Davis, I like our odds. But it also Trace Jackson Davis could go for 40 against the Buckeyes. Yeah, because yeah, if Zed Key gets in foul trouble, gets hurt, and then, I mean Opara, Opara, he's looked decent in the past couple games. Actually, it looks like he is actually developing. So maybe we have something there. Um, Sensabaugh, Vegas has caught on to this bright Sensabaugh over. Um, they're now setting it at like twenty twenty and a half points a game. Uh, he's gone next year. He's going. I mean, it's he's one and done. So thank you for you know a maybe an NIT berth. <laughs> well, maybe if, I read somewhere, forget where we're at. He may consider staying if we land Bronny James. Which we were, which remember, we had Adam Jardy on. We talked, we joked about the Bronny James uh, thing in 2020. And, you know, when I were top, top three, obviously Oregon, Ohio State. So, 
it's going to be close. USC is one of them. So, I mean, I, I feel like he's not going to end up coming here because I, I feel like it's a tough situation with Holtman right now because he might not be here unless unless something crazy happens where we go out and hire like Dwayne Wade as the coach or, I don't know, LeBron as the coach. I don't see it I, happening. But I think next year's class is is really good. Like, if we even with you, we add Devin, uh, got Devin Royal in this class, this class is pretty darn good. I don't think Holtman, I don't think Holtman, the only way Holtman is, is if he decides to leave him. So I don't think Gene Smith's going to fire him. But Gene doesn't, wouldn't have to fire him if Gene becomes the Big Ten, the, like the, the commissioner of the Big Ten. Just saying. And then I'm just saying Ohio State gets a new athletic director. Things could shuffle. That is a possibility. Who would their athletic director be? That's the thing. Honestly, we could get it. At, honestly, I'd like this. If Gene Smith becomes commissioner, can you imagine who we could get in there with the NIL? This wasn't even on a topic of discussion of our episode tonight. I, I no. totally forgot Gene Smith wasn't considering for the for the uh, commissioner job. I mean, who would you want as your athletic director? I feel like I feel like the obvious name everyone's gonna be like Urban Meyer. I feel like we, even though I don't know how good of an athletic director he would be, I feel like that would be the fan pick, Urban Meyer for sure. It's a tough one. We could honestly get someone from the SEC. Honestly, some someone that's like. And I may not may not the AC, may not the SEC, but someone in the somewhere in the ACC that is at a program. I don't even know who he is, but something comes to mind. North Carolina's AD. Think about it. Like you run a great. I feel like Wake Forest would be a good place to steal an AD from. Yeah, it's, it's tough. tough. It, it it really is. Got to brush up on our ADs. (laughs) I'm actually looking it up right now. That's a great question. Top ADs. I mean, because I feel like Gene, we get spoiled with Gene Smith because he is like the top AD. I'm typing top ADs in college sports. And we're going to see. Oh, like, oh, Father Jack. It has Barry Alvarez, Gene Smith. Uh, Danny White, UCF. That would be a good one. Danny White at UCF. He's actually done a fantastic. That would be my guy. I completely forgot about him. So yeah, that that one makes sense. Uh, it's kind of Wake Forest. John Curry, nineteen. Utah State. John Hartwell, eighteenth overall. There's some, yeah, we could poach some people. I mean, I feel like there needs to be a connection, though, I guess, is my biggest thing. I'm reading this article here. How a friendship between Gene Smith and Oklahoma's AD helped shape change for Urban Meyer to Ryan Day. Oh, that's because it was. Let's see here. Joe Castiglione. Castiglione. Or Joe Castiglione. 
Who knows? It'd probably be a Gene Smith buddy. Yeah, Gene's gonna pick the new guy for sure. But have they even I mean, that's... the new? They don't even have a new president yet. No. Richard Griffin, Jim Fitzel. Come on, he's the new president. <laughs> State. So, but yeah, uh, the main the main part of today's episode was it wasn't anything crazy. We wanted to rank, um, taking some time out to rank the top, the top, or I guess the hardest uh, Big Ten basketball arenas to play at. We wanted to do it this, for this week, um, just because it's kind of you know the middle of the Big and, Ten season, not a ton going on, done, and we've never done yeah, it before. We've never done it, and it's 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 fourteen arenas. Uh, I looked at Cass's list and I made my list. They're definitely different, I would say. Uh, we definitely have. We, oh, we go from 14 di- down to one. Yeah. So I'll kick it off. So I 14 Cass, I got Northwestern. I just, I, I've never heard anyone say that that place is tough to play. Travel wise, by the way. Travel wise, too, it's in the center of the Big Ten. Uh, it's a nice city too. It's like Chicago, so you're probably excited to go there. It's, it's, uh, it's not far it is, for most people. It is I'm a nice western. I mean, that's where mine was too. It's in a nice arena, but I just whenever you watch, whenever you watch Northwestern play anybody, it's dead. Like it's really dead. Like how many times have we watched the Buckeyes play up at? It's just like their football field. Because their football field is ranked number one too for me uh, because. I mean, it's dead. Like, yeah. there's nothing exciting about Northwestern. At- I agree, I, I, absolutely. Uh, Thirteen cast. I got, I got Minnesota. I also, I mean, I, I, I just think you know they're basically Northwestern. It's you know I've never heard anyone excited to be like afraid to go play at Minnesota. I will say though, their fans get a little more drunk than the Northwestern fans. I would say they're a little more rowdy. So that's why they're a notch higher than Northwestern, but because Northwestern fans are nerds. When Tubby Smith and the early stages of uh, Patino's career, when they had some decent teams, they got loud in there. It really did. It was a play, tough place to uh, play. It's what they call break the barn. Um, yeah. It, it, I have Pinnacle Arena in Nebraska, just nothing exciting down there. Yeah, like, um, it just whenever they get juiced is whenever they play Ohio State. This seems like, but if you watch them play any other Big Ten, they're not juiced at all. I have twelve Nebraska. Um, I have them at twelve because it's just their their teams are always really bad, so it's tough to gauge how hard of an environment it is to play. But I will say, the travel aspect, them being like the farthest west team, that kind of plays into it, and kind of going off the Minnesota fans being, you know, crazier than the Northwestern fans. Nebraska fans are crazier and more passionate than both of those fan bases. So, like, even though Nebraska's basketball teams are pretty atrocious, the where the stadium's located, and I think the fans itself put it, you know, not last. I'll put it as the 12th hardest place to play. Everybody's going to hate me for this. A lot of people are going to hate me for this. But I have the shot. Only because if this team is even, like, if if the basketball team is, let's say, 
Let's go back to and even when Kata Bates Diop was here and we were we won the Big Ten. There wasn't a lot of energy in the in the arena, and this has so I think this has a lot. This could be a potential a top five rowdy place if we consistently put a good basketball team in there. Um, and I think if we switch the student section up, we can't just have the student section behind the pitches. I feel like if we did what Michigan State and what Purdue and Indiana do is go from baseline to baseline. Like the other Big Ten, some of the big time Big Ten schools, instead of putting a bunch of students up in the rotunda and moving the cat fancies of the world up a little bit, put the students from behind the rim, way around the baseline to behind the on each corner, each side, I think this place, and if we can pack it, we got the largest arena in the country, one of the largest arenas in the country, largest arena in the Big Ten. It's just, as this, uh, the last couple of years, this is why it's really down to my list, because there's no energy. I've been, we, even for the Duke game we went to, it didn't get hype until what, the last 30 seconds of the game? I, I would say the last, 10 minutes are probably the last I've seen that stadium, but it wasn't, I, I mean, I do agree. Um, it's the, there's no energy there. I, I cast, I had them on my list as at 11th. So I had the shot at 11th. Um, so one spot ahead of you. Um, but basically my, my logic's all the same. Um, it, it's too corporate. It's, it, 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 you can't get a ticket for some reason. You can't get a cheap ticket in the lower bowl. It's always in the nosebleeds, and it, it's frustrating because all the passionate fans are in kind of in the nosebleeds. I feel like the rowdy ones, but you know the rich folk are are the lame ones, and then they, the obviously, fancy. like you said, yeah, and, and then they do the thing where you know they, our student section is just not in a great spot. Um, it, it should be baseline, baseline. It's not. It's like an L. There are student sections literally an L actually when you think about it because it goes the baseline and the back. So um, I have the that's Madden why, 11th. That's why I said if it goes behind the back, each backboard and the baseline where the benches are, fine. It could be a lot louder. Stop putting students up in the up in the under 300. That's just mm-hmm. – students should not be up 300s. They should be down low with everybody. The cat fancies of the world can sit in the Huntington Club or sit a little bit higher up. Who do I you got? Bryce, uh, I love it. The Bryce story. I mean, it's a, it's hard for the Buckeyes to play there, but they never have the reason why I put Penn State there. Have they, they've never really had a dominant team to make it higher to build up that hype. You know what I mean? Oh, well, I'll see. <laughs> they haven't. Like, we'll, we'll see. We'll see, man. We'll see. Uh, I, I have no comment now. This is where it gets contentious. So um, I, at 10, I got Rutgers. I think I think it, it's kind of the opposite of Penn State. I feel like they've had good, good teams, and it is small, but I feel like it should be a little rowdier, to be honest. Um, it's definitely more rowdier and louder than Ohio State. Um, but I feel like they kind of overhype the rack at times because it's so old and like, oh, it's historic, the historic rack. I have them at 10. It's a good stadium, don't get me wrong, better than the shot. 
but I think it's overhyped. I have Williams Arena, Minnesota at 10, just because, like I said earlier, uh, with the Rick Pitino and Tubby Smith era, they've had some pretty decent teams that were competing. It got really loud in there, and it has a little bit more energy than Price Jordan Center. Um, at nine, I have the Chrysler Center at Michigan. I mean, it can get hype, but it doesn't impress me. It really doesn't. Like it's, I've seen the shot level of the Chrysler Center, even at their top. So at nine for me, I got the State Farm Center. I got Illinois there. I know that that might be kind of a shock to some. Um, for but for the most part, look, it, it it's a very pretty stadium. I gotta say, um, it doesn't. It's not intimidating. Like I look at the stadium, and it it kind of reminds me. It's I mean, I don't even know. It reminds me of like a mix of like Syracuse, the Garden, Georgia Tech's arena a little bit. But you throw it in in Illinois, and it's a beautiful arena. Yeah, it's a beautiful arena. It's it's gorgeous, but it's not intimidating, and it's not intimidating because EJ Liddell was able to kind of put them in their place last year. And I've never been (laughs) worried about teams going in there to play and play tough. Like obviously they beat us a couple days ago, but it wasn't because of the atmosphere. It was just because we're not not good at basketball. I think Um, I'm not really ever intimidated by Illinois, but I will say they have a beautiful arena. By the way, I on my list, um, I switched a couple because uh, I was just reading it before. I, this is before I did the show. I should have sent you the revised copy, but I did switch up a little of my list from what you see. Uh, at number eight, I have the rack just because it is a synergy. Um, it's over. And I, you know, yeah, it's, it's not a bad place. I, I at number eight I have um, <laughs> Michigan Stadium or Arena, um, Christ, the Chrysler Center. Yeah, it's it's all right. It's it's I think it's the most average. It's really because I think Michigan has had such good teams. That's what really adds to it. Um, not that the fans can't get rowdy. Not that it can't get loud. But I it, it has been a place where teams have been able to come in and win. And silence the crowd. I, it's if the game gets away from Michigan, the crowd I think goes pretty silent. But when they're doing well, then it is tough to play in. It's they're a very dramatic crowd, I would say. By the way, the Bryce Jordan Center is is loud during hockey and wrestling matches. So I believe it. <laughs> so uh, at number seven, I do have State Farm Arena. Um, of Illinois, just because I remember back in the day when I was you know, in a young teenager and stuff, when Illinois had some great teams, the, you know, um, I can't think of their names, right? Darren Williams was on their team. Uh, that final four undefeated before the Buckeyes moved, that place was insane. That's why I still kind of like have it ranked seventh. Um, just because it, it, it was a tough place, and now it's it is a tough place, but not, it just depends who they're playing. I got so I got um, Wisconsin at seven with the Wisconsin Fieldhouse. It's it, it, I think this is the I would say the probably the most 
if Michigan's the most average, like if they're eight, Wisconsin's like average one A and Michigan's average one B. I think the difference between Wisconsin and Michigan is I think the fans of Wisconsin, they get a little rowdier. Uh, they do a better job color coordinating because Wisconsin could do that cool thing where like some sections are white, some sections are red, or they do the whole – they commit to the whiteout, which is really good. Um, last year when they won the Big Ten you know, regular season title and they had uh, the Barstool guys there, mm-hmm. super rowdy game. Very intimidating atmosphere. I love how they embrace, you know, their um, their fans and everything. I have them at seven. Um, maybe should be higher, um, but I I think their seven's a good spot for Wisconsin. I have at number six. I have the Xfinity Center, Maryland. Um, mm-hmm. It's a tough place to play, it, but it's like I feel like there's other schools in the Big Ten. Like these top six of for me, you 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 could have filtered, but at least three through six, you could have filtered either way. With them, I just think you know Maryland's a good basketball team. They're consistently every good, and it gets loud. I mean, was it Tremble? Tremble those years when they were uh, competing for Big Ten championships. Yeah, I watch it, listening to Bucket Paul Keels and Ron Stokes where they their mics and stuff. That's it's a pretty tough place. So I got number six. I got the Carver Hawkeye Arena. Um, what's intimidating about this place? That's my number five, s- by the way. It, it, it's I, Iowa fans are always intimidating because the, the black and gold. Um, that that always creates kind of an a, an ominous look, I would say. And then two, they always have like the intimidating people on. Like Fran McCaffrey is always yelling and stuff. Um, he always looks like he's going to fight someone. Luca Garza, he, uh, uh, although he has a very punchable face, uh, ha- like had a very punchable face, he was kind of intimidating. They always have guys that are kind of intimidating. Like the, so I don't know. I feel like they're six. Yeah, that that was my number five, just because it's it's it is an intimidating place. Ohio State's always struggled over there, um, and it, it doesn't necessarily get loud like maybe the Xfinity Center. It's intimidating, like you said. It, it's just something about Iowa, even their foot, even Connect Stadium. It's just there's something about Iowa that just that's my number five. Number five for me, I got Purdue. Uh, they're basically everything I said about Iowa, but just a little more. Um, and they're more of a basketball school, so they're more passionate. Uh, they have the pedigree, I, I would say, over Iowa. Um, and, and like they're they're all guys there too. I feel like because it's like Purdue's like like 90% dudes for some reason. Um, so that's why I would say Purdue five. I have the Cole center, AKA the Wisconsin, just because like you said, the, where they could do alternate the it's loud. They throw things at you. Sullender got spit on when he was there. Um, you know, the head coach at the time said, just deal with it. Um, it is a very, very tough place to play. And, and that's why it's number four. So this is going to be uh, controversial. Uh, at number four, and I know you, I know you had them really lower. I have, have the Bryce Jordan Center, Penn State, just because when and, and this is I'm basing it off of what stadiums like could be the most intimidating at like their peak. 
based on like how, I guess see, like ceiling, which team has the high ceiling to be the most intimidating. I feel like at, at times I when you know it's a big game at Penn State and the fans are out and they got the whiteout going. They'll do the whiteout for basketball games. They'll be all excited and everything. Um, and the crowd's really into it, and it's rare. There's only might be one of those games every couple of years that that's a crazy atmosphere. It's like if, the the game the year they obviously beat Ohio State every time. That was one of those games. I feel like that it was super intimidating to play there. Yeah, I mean I could see it. Obviously for hockey and basketball, I mean wrestling is insane, but they just for some reason. I've looked at it outside of just playing Ohio State. Yeah, they beat Michigan that one year, but look what they have. Look what have they done against other Big Ten opponents, and that's where I kind of – that's why I rank them so low. Yeah, it's – I mean, it's a fun – because it's like you have to evaluate the teams too because their basketball program obviously isn't good, but I think they're intimidating. Right. They are. I mean, it can't be. Because this is what I think, too. Yeah, it's like, oh, we're playing at Penn State on a Tuesday or Thursday night. Well, that's not going to be no cakewalk because, like, their crowd's going to be into it. Their team stinks, but I know that's going to be a closer game than it should be because they're a crowd. That's how I look at it. Yeah, I can see that. Definitely um, can see that. Number three, Maryland Xfinity Center. Historically, very good program. Sometimes we'll get Scott Van Pelt there. He'll hype the people up. Also, they just do that. Their rafters look intimidating, honestly. The way they have the giant M up, or sometimes they'll do the State of Maryland flag uh, with the fans. For some reason, the seating, it just looks really high. And I feel like if you're shooting a free throw or something, the way it's constructed, it would mess with your thinking. Like, I don't know. At number three, I have Mackey Arena, just Purdue. Like, the times Ohio State's gone over there. Even though Evan Turner and KWH Diop has turned that, you know, but it's just that place is so loud. And they got the stupid horn. And I feel like the scoreboard on the side, if you look at the scoreboard, it's just like so hysterical. Katie was there and stuff. They just, Purdue does a great job. And they're a basketball school. Like, it, they really embrace their basketball game. And it's loud. Number two. I got the Breslin Center. Same. Um, uh, yeah, it's – it's. I mean, I, I I think this is clearly number two. You can make an argument for being number one. Best but, sec- but they do have the best student section out, outline in the in the Big Ten. Like I described what earlier, like, earlier with the shot, how I want the shot, that's what the Breslin Center has. From, from behind the backboard all the way around to behind the backboard. That's what Ohio State should do. I would also say, too, like the senior day tradition, like yes. everyone was kissing the logo. It's not it's intimidating, but it's just it's frustrating it's awesome. to watch. It's not it's awesome. Frust- it's, it's spread COVID. It's awesome. Like, it's – I hate I – mean, I, I hate Michigan State, but, like, it's cool to see that. Like, because, you know, as, as a broadcaster for high school, you start seeing other – do that and stuff. It's or like they like they certainly pound the L at the end. Senior day at Michigan State, they've kissed the logo. But like Michigan State embraces basketball. Tom, what Tom Izzo has done there, it, it, it's utterly disgusting to think about it. But you have to put like 
you have to respect you. Re- I kind of respect it too because it's like Michigan State is a is a is a very good program, and it's it's always always loud. I mean, they they could have a middle of the road Big Ten team, and they just still be loud there. But they're not the loudest. <laughs> Number one, uh, clear-cut choice and a great segue uh, into the weekend. And it's intimidating. Assembly Hall. I mean, the outside of Assembly Hall is intimidating. It's a beautiful, like, edifice. It's a beautiful piece of architecture. You look at it, you're like, this is a mecca of college basketball. Just, like, the glass and just the way it's shaped. It's That is an intimidating. It's it's like a relic. It's beautiful. The rat, like the... The way it's seated, they're so high up on each side. It's unique. It's, it's loud. It's loud. And you could just, even though you didn't witness it, you could still picture uh, Bobby Knight throwing a chair across the floor. It's just. Christian insane. Watford hitting a buzzer beater against Kentucky yeah, in the crowd. Yeah. Right? Like, that's definitely number one. And good luck. CJ, good luck. CJ Jackson hitting a three pointer in double. Oh, overtime. yeah. Who could forget that? Exactly. Oh man, that is that is exactly right, Cass, and that's a great segue. In Obviously, right, that's CJ Jackson's best moment at Ohio State, right? Yeah. Oh, what other moment? What other moments? <laughs> Come but on. If you think before we get into the game, even when the bad years were there, Tom Crean had some Indiana teams on the and the coach before uh, uh, Tom Crean when they were just bad. They always found ways to beat Ohio State Assembly Hall. Like we are always guaranteed to lose one of the two games to Indiana, and it was always at Assembly Hall. Yeah, it's definitely number one. No, no question about it. But I would say the biggest parts we 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 um, disagreed on was Penn State. Um, and then just kind of the middle teams, I would say. Yeah, but the middle teams you can rank anyway, but yeah. Minnesota we disagreed on, but good list, good list. It was fun. It was fun. Um, but yeah, Ohio State obviously a big game. We kind of talked about it before, but I we both think we're, they're going to win this weekend, get things back on track. We're going to be positive here. Um, Just feels that way, doesn't it? Like, feel that way? I feel like, Ooh. I was thinking about this, I feel like, I feel like, this seems it's a little different. For the lady. It's not looking good for the lady bucket. That's not great. No, too, not great for them. But I feel like that because, you know, Ohio State, they usually go on the slide and then they limp into the tournament. It might be kind of the opposite here. We might have to get hot to get into the tournament. So maybe, you know, the cycle is kind of breaking itself apart and it might be, you know, we might get hot at the right time. I like what I see out of the young guys. I, I mean, I, I'm a big Roddy Gale believer. I think when he's on the court, he does a lot of good things. I think he needs to play more. Um, but we'll see, Cass. I, I think we win, but it's going to be close. I, I do, too. I think we're going to somehow win this. But I also seems to be thinking if we lose, it's like a Trace Jackson Davis 40-point game somehow. I feel like it would be like he hits like a – Buzzer beating bank shot. Oh yeah, from the from the uh, elbow, from the... yeah, or something. 
I just saw something funny, and it has nothing to do with Ohio State basketball or Ohio State anything. It has something to do with this weekend. But somebody posted a picture of Andy Reid, and I'm going to and, and put a quote. It says, Andy Reid on his favorite poem. Trying to hold myself it from not laughing. Whopper, whopper, <laughs> whopper. <laughs> Junior double, triple whopper. Played grilled taste with perfect toppers. I rule this day. Let us make a cacho. Okay, if I don't fit that impossible whole bacon whopper, any whopper my way. Whopper, 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 whopper. I feel like that commercial should have played after the Noah Ruggles miss. Dude, somebody's been doing that stuff on TikTok. It's great. It's the funniest trend. Because it happened at when Jamar, every time ESPN went to break on Monday night during Jamar Hamlin, that was the commercial that queued up. Oh, dude, it's not – It wasn't, dude, it wasn't even that, too. A year ago, I remember, because like, I was watching it happen live when Russia invaded Ukraine. And I was like on like CNN or Fox or whatever I was watching. And they're like, Eve has just been bombed. And now we go to commercial break. And it was whopper, 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 whopper. I was like, no. <laughs> this has been a thing going on. BK has maximized their ad revenue for that commercial. Like, it's a great commercial. And it's it's like the Nick Cassianos of commercials. <laughs> and Nick Cassianos lined in the right field, bro. But oh my god, good seg good segue. Speaking of Cassianos, Cincinnati great Cass, big game this weekend for you. Um, permission to join the Bengals bandwagon for the playoffs because I bought a hoodie. God. I've been a fan for a long time. <laughs> um, sure, why not? I mean, it, anybody could do whatever they want to do. Um, <laughs> just if the Bengals win and then they end up winning the Super Bowl, let the diehard and longtime fans enjoy it and embrace it. First. Uh, do as a, as an Ohioan, I'm claiming it though. I'm claiming I'm claiming responsibility as an Ohioan, as a homeowner in Ohio. Honestly, Cass, actually, stat of the day. Ever since I bought a house, Bengals have been have won the North and won a playoff game in every year I've lived in my house here. So I think I think I might have been the difference in Ohio. Just living in Ohio, bringing my football prowess. Yeah, it's Joe Burrow. It's <laughs> It's a hundred percent Joe Burrow. Uh, it's it's insane to think about. I mean, in other news, I keep getting updates about the Reds. The Reds are calling me and emailing me, begging me to get my six game ticket package for next year lined up. And I'm like, it's a little early to think about baseball. It is. It is. I get why they're Pictures doing it. I get why they're doing it. Every time I get an update from the Bengals, it's like hype. Like, yeah, it's hype. Get an update from the Reds. We signed this guy, and I'm doing my contract too. Like it just sucks because like you got polar opposite teams right across the street from each other, and and it's it's so exciting to be a Bengals fan right now. And I'm really nervous about this week's game. Uh, the uh, ever since everybody saw Pat Mahomes walk 
off of a podium. The Chiefs have all of it. Vegas has the Chiefs as the favorite now, which that's fine with me. I mean, but the Bengals players have just playing with the swag. Like it, it's so, they're so much fun to watch. They went up to Buffalo and just took and just kicked the dog snot out of them. Um, I really hope they do the same thing in Kansas City, but Kansas City is such a good team. Um, I think the Bengals are better. I mean, obviously, I'm picking the Bengals to go to the Super Bowl because I'm picking them win it all. I don't care who they play. That's just my, it's my team. It's Bengals are my team. So, yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to rock with my Bengals for the rest of the show. And who day? I, I'm just looking forward to all the, the shit-talking Eli Apple's going to do, win or lose this week. I I just I respect that guy. Just He's had a good he, season. He is, and he's no, he's the perfect dude because, like, when he if he gets burnt, everyone expects him to get burnt. He is like he's like Jesus for the Bengals defense because, like, he's gonna die for the, your sins. Like, like he's gonna take he's gonna take all the hate, everything. He's gonna do it, and he's gonna let all the other guys go to work. He's gonna take all the credit, all the hate. Like, he he is the scapegoat, and he, he uh, I love that he plays that role. Yeah, I mean, defensively. He he's had a good season, honestly. I mean, he's held a lot of great receivers to, to only a couple catches and not 50 yards receiving. He did um, good on digs. Yeah, it, 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 it helps. Though it helps when you have three pretty darn good pass rushers. I'm not calling him elite. I mean, Trey Hendrickson, finally. I mean, he's a great player. But you have Joseph Asai and Sam Hubbard can rush the quarterback, and then you have. DJ Hill and DJ Reader that also could apply pressure. So that's helped our DBs. I mean, heck. I think Pratt, play, Jermaine Pratt and Logan Wilson are unsung heroes, though. Yeah. And I think playing in next to Jace, Jesse Bates and Von Bell, who might be arguably the best corner, best safety tandem in the league, I think that's helped Eli Apple and, and Mike Hilton blitz him from the corner, the nickel corner Gr- spot. Yeah, Cam Taylor Britt, too. I, Great I'm rookie. Cam and Dax Hill coming in and playing nicely, too. I think Cam Taylor-Britt, once he keeps developing, he's not going to be the Darrell Revis or a Richard Sherman type, but he's going to have a solid NFL career. See, like a, a, a true thought. Or a Malcolm Jenkins type, you know? Yeah, 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 it's... Like, yeah, he's going to make a couple... He's gonna, yeah, he's going to make a couple Pro Bowls and... You know, every once in a while, but I mean, but then and then you flip on the other side. We had three new offensive starters in, and Burrow didn't even get touched. Like that's how good this this oh, that's how good Burrow. That's how good our skill players is, and plus, Joe Mixon ran with an authority. I think going into Kansas City, they're going to same thing. I would still injured or not, I'd still play that. Like he's hundred percent because the dude's he's the best quarterback in the league. You know, him and Joe Burrow one two, and it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be and a if, blast. Yeah, NFC sides could even be a blast. Oh, you're absolutely, cats! You're talking 49ers great defense. Uh, they got some players on offense. They got Brock Purdy. Eagles got some great defensive players. Um, at the end, at the end of the day. At our Super Bowl party, I want chili dogs and Philly cheesesteaks. So I'm going with the Eagles and the Cincinnati Bengals. 
I, I mean, that's I think that's what, what America kind of want. I feel like that is going to be would be the funnest matchup. I Bengals fans go with, want Bengals want the Forty ers though. I too am going to go with that. I think. I, I yeah. I, I mean, I'll, I'll, those are my picks. If 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 it's going to break a different way, though, I would say Forty ers Bengals. Yeah, I I know a lot of people don't count up the Chiefs. I yeah, it's it's hard, especially when a team we beat them three times in a row. It's 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 really hard. That's why I I'll change right my now. pick to 49ers Bengals. 49ers Bengals Super Bowl was eighty five or not Super Bowl eighty five, eighty one and nineteen eighty two and nineteen eighty nine. Six months old with the Bengals when Montana threw to John Taylor. And beat the Boomer Esaias and Bengals. Oof. I don't remember. But, but, <laughs> but I, I, but if you look at it, if you look at it as a food perspective, at our Super Bowl parties, we base it on the food, the food, the food menu of the two teams, the two cities. You can't go wrong with chili, with Cincinnati chili dogs or Cincinnati chili, or just. And Philly cheesesteaks. I mean, come on. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I, yeah. I think honestly, I'm gonna go 49ers Bengals. Another, another Super Bowl repeat. <laughs> yeah. But that's all I got, Cass. That's all I got. So as always, thanks for listening to another episode of the Bunch of Nuts podcast. As always, go Bucks. Go Bucks.